Let us start at the very beginning. I'm going to ask you to take us back in the days. going on everybody welcome back to the trap podcast it has been way too long my name is bill botch and i am here with my buddy patty shambro patty how we doing buddy what's up billy we're doing good good to uh good to see you i hope you had a nice pasta meal last night sure now when did. you get your pasta how do you get your pasta what do you mean just in, you get it just like uh, what did you? What kind of pasta did you get? Oh, last, last night, night, last night I had uh, linguine and white clam sauce. Okay, yeah, I like it. I don't discriminate um, against pasta. No, no, not at all. That's what I'm saying. There's, yeah. there's plenty of ways yeah. to have it. You ever go to Nettie's? And oh no, I haven't. But I haven't. Oh, Nettie's makes some good pasta too, bro. Uh, my personal favorite is uh, La Dolce Vita in uh, Bel- in Belmar. Okay. I've heard good things. I don't, yeah. I've never been though. It's awesome spot. Cool. So, um, yeah, it's good to catch up with everybody. The last time we talked was, uh, after the stadium series since then, the devils have been extremely underwhelming. Um, they come off the stadium series when you thought that they had some good vibes that were following them. They go into Washington, which Washington's a hundred years old, slow, and they get blown out six to two. Then they have a really important game versus the New York Rangers, and they get just completely manhandled. Another case of a team that not only beat us up and down the up and down the ice um, with their speed and their execution, but also their physicality. They really toss the Devils around. So the Devils win uh, a nail biter on Saturday versus Montreal. And then they lose on Sunday versus Tampa. So there's a lot of there's a lot to go over. I mean, four games. We typically uh, get in touch with everybody prior, without these many games in between. But I tell you what, like this is getting harder and harder to do. Um, the more that this goes on with the season, and why don't you why don't you start it off if you want? Oh, you, oh, you want me to get jumping? Why don't this? you start it off? Because I feel like I just am. Once I start going, it's going to be. I might black out. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I'm just going to start with the Rangers game. Uh, you know, coming off the Stadium series, you know, everything was. I was probably one of like the that was probably one of the happiest days I've ever been a part of personally. And, you know, we were all riding high and like, I was confident going into the Rangers game. I was like, you know what? Like, I think, I feel like this team can turn a corner here. We're not that far out of a spot, whatever. It was the first game all season that I decided to get, like, actually drink some beers for, you know, I usually drive to the game. So I don't take the train, you know, just a time saver. Usually just drive up, drive, drive back. It takes a lot uh, for me to leave a devil's game early a lot, uh, as someone who had tickets during the, you know, 2020 and 2021 and, you know, going all the games in the, in the late teen years, like it does take a considerable amount for me to leave a New Jersey devil's hockey game early. And, uh, I'm not ashamed to say it. I left after the second period of that game, there was just absolutely no fight. There was no, there was there there was there was nothing worth watching. They just were flat, uninspiring dog shit hockey. There was then that's just the way it's been going forward. Um, just an utterly disappointing. I didn't want to be in the arena for all the Let's Go Rangers chants. I just 
I had to get out of there or I was going to start problems. Uh, as far as, you know, going, I was really, uh, you're really, I've, I just don't even know. It's just like so much, <laughs> it's so much to it's catch up on and it's all shit. And I don't even know where to go with it. Um, uh, I'm just, so I just, so I just feel I'm like almost done. Like I feel like I kind of swore. I don't feel like going back, going back up there. I, I really don't. I completely agree with you. I'm at the point where I I would like to sell all my tickets. Yeah. Just because I don't want it to be okay for them to know that we support this. You know what I mean? Like I don't support the the way that this team has been managed and the complete what has been lack of effort at times. If you're going to go out there, that's one of the things, that's one of the differences between those teams that you're talking about in the 18s and the and the 2010 plus. It's like those teams at least went out and played hard. They just didn't have the talent. Yeah. This team is not playing hard. And I was with you. I, I you know, we met up before the, the Ranger game. We had Publius with us. We were having a good time and we went in there and it was the typical devil's, coming out and playing good, not being able to convert on their chances, and then the Rangers going the other way, scoring, and the Devils not being able to face adversity and basically buckling. On top of that, it was the same old story of somebody taking a run at one of your players where Bastion goes down, Siegenthaler literally gives the guy a nudge with his stick and then gets beat up. It's like... Our team is so soft and it's become such a problem. And one of the things that Elliot Friedman has talked about is like the Tampa Bay lightning. And he talked about how the Toronto Maple Leafs have kind of taken, are trying to take a playbook out of the Tampa Bay lightnings um, uh, page out of the, out of the Tampa Bay lightnings playbook of you have to get your core group of skilled players to play tough to where someone snows your goalie or somebody takes a run at one of your players you're going to get it from all of us. And I get it. Nobody there is a fighter. We don't want to see Jack Hughes going toe-to-toe with anybody. But you have to stand up for yourself. And if you don't, people will take liberties with you and your team. And it has gone on for so long and been such an issue with this team. It hasn't been addressed through whether it's a trade or free agency. Kevin Ball is six foot seven. He plays like he's soft as baby shit. Um, Brendan Smith is supposed to be a guy who, you know, can kill penalties and can be a leader and can stick up for the younger guys. And it's like, there's only so much one person could do, but half the time he's absent as well. It was the Rangers tossed us around. They, they mentally and, and physically beat us. And I thought I'm at the point where Lindy Ruff is not going to get fired this year. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't. It's like, I, I it went from me blaming Lindy Ruff to where I'm fully on board. I blame Tom Fitzgerald for sitting on his hands for as long as he has. This has gotten way out of control. Tom Fitzgerald has signed the Devils, um, has made moves for the Devils that have been very, very nice. And I give him credit for it. But let's be real. You overpaid for Palat. And I'm, this is not a bash Tom Fitzgerald. I'm just saying he's done a lot of good things. Like he got the Jesper Bratt deal done and he picked Dawson Mercer and he made the, tra- the trade for Timo Meyer, which hasn't panned out the way the Devils fans would want it right now. But I do believe in the long run that will be a good trade. Um, But you also picked Chase Stillman in the first round. You also picked Shakira Mukamadulin in the first round. It's like you overpaid for Palat. You went into the season knowing that you had an issue between the pipes. You did not address it. Um, And to watch the way that Lindy Ruff has used the personnel on this team for the first four months of the season, at no point this year, like Patty, seriously, has at any point this year had the Devils put together multiple 60-minute efforts? No. No. There's been so much inconsistency, such a lack of fire amongst all of their leaders to where the fact that a move wasn't made and you can't get rid of all your players. So like 
unfortunately, it does come down to rough and it comes down to maybe they need a different voice in the room and someone to motivate them. And he literally just sat on his hands this entire time. We're a week away from the trade deadline at this point. We're still talking about trying to trade for a goaltender. We still haven't addressed our head coach. The team has literally sucked the life out of me. I mean, the biggest th- I, like the biggest thing that I was upset about coming out of that Lightning game. You're down two one going into the third period. You're on the press, precipice of a playoff spot, chasing the Lightning. Chase like you're down one going into the third period. If there ever was a time for a full twenty minute period to go out there, say, "Hey boys, we got to go out and play this period." Like our season is kind of on the line here. That was the period, and they must and they mustered a grand total of three shots on two power plays, mind you, and lost four one. Just effortless hockey, effortless hockey. And I really and I don't know how you can sit back and defend Lindy Ruff after that performance. I, I really don't. I thought I thought that the Ranger performance was enough to where the organization would could potentially make a change just to show the fan base that it was not going to tolerate incompetency and lack of effort especially against your your you know your rivals where your building is half filled with ranger fans um he wasn't willing to address it there i think you know the way there's so many things that are pissing me off right now that like i, I might just be all over the place but it's kind of why I haven't been recording these podcasts lately. It's because it's 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 hard to be emotionally. My brain is separating from my heart to where if I have a hard time being emotionally invested in a team who has not given 100% and continues to make boneheaded decisions and no one's willing to do anything about it. Like, Can you imagine if this was Lou Lamorello? Oh, we would have had two or three coaches by now. He'd be on the bench. He would. Yeah. And that's another thing that I'd like to talk about is, so people say, well, you want to fire Lindy. Like there's very few Lindy Ruff supporters at this point. You want to fire Lindy Ruff. Who are you going to replace him with? Well, anybody. My two, yeah, my two picks just off the top of my head. And I mean, I'm sure if I dug into it, I could find more, but Craig Berube would be a guy that wouldn't put up a bullshit. And I think that Jay Woodcroft got kind of a bad, he got the shaft in Edmonton. And I think he's a good young coach who has opportunity to really have a, a, a good career. And I, I think that someone's going to give him a second chance. You know, the last thing I want to see them do, and I don't think that they're going to do it. I do not think that they're going to fire Lindy Ruff this season. I'm actually, I'm terrified that, Tom Fitzgerald might not fire Lindy Ruff in the off season and could start next season with Lindy Ruff behind the bench as well. Well, let's cross that bridge when we get there. I don't think that's going to happen because like, I think that this devil's team, I think they're a sinking ship. And if they really finish the season out like this, I don't think he's going to, I really don't believe Tom Fitzgerald will put up with that, especially when he's only got, Lindy's only got one year left on the contract. Not that it matters in hockey, but if there was a guy, I mean, I would fire him, and I would just give Kevin Deneen a tryout. This, I mean, at what at what's what's to lose? Sure, he's got he's got experience with a lot of the young guys. He's been a proven win, winner in Utica. See what the see what he's got. Who fucking cares? And it, and if it doesn't work out, you send him back to Utica at the end of the year. I would be fine with that. I think Kevin Deneen is a very viable option. The one thing I don't want to see them do is make Travis green interim head coach. And it's like, that just is not going to work. I do think Tom Fitzgerald could get come down from behind the bench and let this team and its fan base know that he is not willing to accept the level of intensity and the level of urgency from what he's seen and incompetence from what he's seen from this organization. You are the boss I understand firing Lindy Ruff is going to suck. The guy's been around for a million years. He led us to a great season last year. But at the end of the day, if anybody performs at their job the way that Lindy Ruff did this year, they would lose their job. And it's like, as the boss, you have to make difficult decisions and have difficult conversations with people at some point. And what you're doing is you're letting your players, you are letting your players off the hook 
and you're creating an env a working environment that people are not being held responsible for the way that they handle themselves as professionals. And that's a very slippery slope. And one of the guys, and we could go down the list, but the, the most important piece probably is Jack Hughes. And it's like Jack Hughes needs to be the, a leader on our team. If not Nico, then him. And Hughes has got three goals in his last like 18 games. Hughes is not producing right now. And this team cannot win if Jack Hughes doesn't produce. And people are going to say, well, he's injured and this and that. Well, listen, if you're injured, you can't be, you can't be, you know, at times he just, he acts like the spoiled little brat to where if he played on any other team, I'd probably hate Jack Hughes, but the pointing at the number on his arm, people pay to see me and people pay to watch me play and stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. They do. And, and Wayne Gretzky comparing him to being like one of the best players in the league next to Connor McDavid. It's like, have you seen the production that comes from Connor McDavid? It's like, they shouldn't be brought up in the same sentence. Jack, like, we need production out of you. And to see the lineup for tonight where Curtis Lazar is going to play on Jack Hughes's wing is freaking mind-boggling. Like, what are we doing? How you, you need to get him going. I what 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 is the thought process? I, I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours about Lindy Ruff fucking line combinations. I mean, it's just I don't understand it. And 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 not to mention that they replaced um Miller with with Smith. Didn't they? On the, on tonight's what are, line What are you card? doing? Did we not see yeah, they bench like, Colin, they bench Colin Miller, yeah. Colin Miller is going to be a healthy scratch. He's definitely been one of our most um consistent defensemen. It's like we could have used Colin Miller the other day when Nemitz took a puck to the face and then we needed somebody to play the point on the power play. It was like we had John Marino playing. He was quarterbacking the, the second power play. And it's like, you want to talk about, you know, Brendan Smith. Like, Brendan Smith and Luke Hughes have had such a problem and have been such a disaster together. You can see in Luke Hughes' stats, the kid is breaking down. Like, the kid has hit a wall. And it's like, you knew going into this season that you were going to be asking a lot out of a very young player who's never played more than – uh, you know, 45 games and it's like, he's, he's hitting a wall. And I think it's, it's not just physical. I believe it's mental as well. And his lack of production, if he was anybody else, he would be a healthy scratch. You know what I mean? Like he would have, he would have been healthy scratch at some point, but hold up. I disagree with that <laughs> statement. Okay. But... Fair enough. This is, this is not a, a Luke Hughes bashing either. I'm saying, I think it's okay for a young person to sit up stairs and just maybe watch the game for a second because it's it could be the first time he's ever faced this kind of adversity in his career before in his life. Oh, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I, like, just, I, yeah. I disagree with this notion that he like is getting special treatment because he's a Hughes brother. I, I well, I well also think, like I don't we really don't have anybody to replace him like, with that well. Either. Yeah, exactly. Who you who you, know, are you like, bringing I, in? Who are you bringing in? I thought Hataka played well. I thought um, like. What happened to John Marino, dude? I don't know. It's it's uh, we were all so, like 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 when we were doing podcasts before the season started, we were all so high on John Marino and because of the season he had last year and it's just like what the fuck where the fuck did he go? He has been awful. Just just horrific. Yeah. Um I mean I, I mean the whole defensive the whole the whole defense has been just terrible all year. There's like like would you would you give anybody on in the defensive pairings, like above a, a C grade, no, I yeah, they've all been terrible. Every and then they switch, and then they switch their defensive structure. Fifty games into the season, like what? To, why would that take you so long to do? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I just I look at these, I look at the lime combinations, I look at the time on ice. You know, I thought that Holtz had a, a good game the other day. He did. He took a stupid penalty, but Holtz continues to play well and develop. And this is where this is where I get into Tom Fitzgerald a bit. At some point, you have to pick: Are you going to stick around with Lindy Ruff, or are you going to give the guy that you picked seventh overall to play on one of your superstar centers' wing 
the opportunity to take the next step in his career. And it's coming down to Markstrom is, is been a, has been a, obviously the devils have been linked to Markstrom for quite a while. And one of the pieces in that trade is going to be Alex Holt. And are you really going to trade this kid who could be a 30 goal scorer for a 35 year old goaltender? Like I'm starting to have a problem with that. And then the later that we go, we're five points back from Philadelphia, but the later that we go into this season, the more you have to think about if this gets away from us, there's only a week left until the trade deadline. If we don't sell at the trade deadline, which I don't think that Tom Fitzgerald is going to want to do because he thinks he has an opportunity to make the playoffs. I think that the flyers are within reaching distance. And I think that they've played over their head for most of the season. But the worst thing that he could do is not get any assets for his unrestricted free agents and mismanage those players. So like, let's say to for instance, you could get a second rounder for fully guaranteed. If you play your cards right, you could possibly get a first rounder. And it's like, it, you know, Colin Miller, he could be a good depth defenseman for a team that's trying to make a run. Uh, Brendan Smith. It's like you have players that you could move. The worst thing that could happen is that Tom Fitzgerald doesn't make any moves or he overpays for a 35-year-old goaltender and gives away a first a Casey and a Holt. And then you don't make the playoffs either way. Now one now hold up. So like one thing I will say is you have to make a trade for a goaltender anyway, because you're going to, you're going to have the same problem next year. So this is the kind of the way that I view it. The way that I view it is I'm trying to get a goaltender. That's going to be a long-term solution. You know that you're going to have to try to find a goalie again in two years. If you sign Markstrom, so if you go after Soros, yes, you're going to have to sign him an unrestricted free agency down the road, and you're going to have to give up more assets for him. Um, or you could go after a guy like Linus Allmark, which you're starting to hear that Boston is becoming a little more receptive to moving him. They have two premium goaltenders. They're trying to make a run, and it doesn't make any sense for them to have two assets in net when you could be trading one of them and it could be somebody who could be playing 20 plus minutes a night, every night. You know what I mean? So um, it's not that I have a problem with the devil's making a move for a goaltender. I would like to see it be somebody who's going to be a long-term option so that the devils don't have to do the same thing two years from now. Well, I read, I read today that, um, that Nashville will not be moving sorrow so long as they're in the playoff and a playoff spot, which they are. Um, they're right. in the last wild card out in the West. So I, I, I don't know. I think the Soros talk is kind of a, of a pipe dream at this point. And I also don't think that Wendy is going to, for all the reasons you just said, I don't think he is going to move for Markstrom. I think he fully intends on sitting on his ass, thinking this team is good enough to possibly catch the Flyers and then restart for 2024, 25. The one thing that I'll, you know, but like, do you worry about once the summer hits, like, and the whole market's open for everybody that you're going to have more teams that are going to be involved in trying to get the couple goalies that are around? Fuck yeah, I'm worried. I'm not saying I agreed with it. I'm just saying what I think he's going to do. Right. It's going to happen. So then if you're not willing to get a goaltender, then are you going to move your unrestricted free agents for assets prior to the trade deadline? No, he's not. He's not, he's not going he's to. He's not going to. So he's going to double down, mismanage. Yeah, he is. That's he's going. He, I, he's 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 really pulling like the old Dave Gettleman, where we never we didn't see him all season long. We have where is Tom Fitzgerald? He has not said anything to the media. You know, we haven't seen we haven't seen him since he uh, uh, was at the Nashville Predators uh, ceremony that they had when, yeah. when we played down there. We we have not seen or heard from from him since, and this team is really just sinking right now. And there's just no life in it. And I and I just like how you can just sit back and like let this unfold is like it's it's a it's it's, it's negligence. Ma- it's, yeah, it's it's malpractice. It's negligence. I don't I don't understand, and I'm just like sick and tired of of watching effortless hockey. The unwillingness yeah. and the acceptance of your players and your coaches not giving a hundred percent 
that's unacceptable. Like at, at some point it does, it comes down to fits. I'm at the point where, I mean, if he's not willing to do anything, Lindy Ruff can't fire himself. He's trying to with these line comments. It's almost like he wants to be fired. Yeah. Him blaming reporters for the power play being as awful as it is. I mean, the power play has gotten to a level of the, the power play has got, I mean, it's almost hard to be at the level that they're at right now. And to stick there and like to stand up there and blame the media for asking questions is just, he's like, he's, I have, I don't find any redeeming qualities in this coach. Like he just seems like a fucking asshole, you know, like not like he's a complete asshole, not the asshole, like how like a Bill Belichick was an asshole to the media. He's just an asshole where everything, everything is your fault. Everything is the player's fault. Nothing is on me. And that's well, not know, how you lead. That's not, that is a, that's just not how you coach a team. That's not how you lead men is, is you have like Tom. You can't pass blame. Be exactly. a man. Be a man. And, and, and just and say like, that hey, shit. we seek it for the team. We're underperforming. Hey, we're underperforming. I'm the head coach. Got to do my job better. He has not said that once. Once. You know, what was, you know, what was funny was, you know, after the last game, he said, oh, you know, I take responsibility for where we are right now. And he only said that because he got criticized so much for the stupid, the media is putting too much pressure on the yeah. power play comment. That's the only reason that he said it. Yeah. He's been, the team has been shit all year. We have not put together a string of wins to where you felt good about this team for the entire season, prior to them getting injured, prior to everything. It's like you went out and you signed Timo Meyer to a $9 million eight-year contract. You put all your chips in, and then you played him on the third line for literally two-thirds of the season. Does that make any sense at all? He's never played well at all. He has not fit in at one bit. And then guess what? You put, you put him up on and you have him play uh, you know, on the wing of one of your two franchise centers, and all of a sudden he looks like a different player. And it's like, what the fuck? Why would it take so long for you to play one of your most talented players in the top six. That makes no sense. Why would it take, why does it take so long to, you know, he's playing, he's playing Alex Holtz tonight with Tierney and Bastion and, and uh, Nosek. What is, what is the line combination know, thought there? Like even like even in, in the lightning game, they, he gave Holtz a couple shifts with Jack Hughes and it was like, their only like legitimate scoring chances of the game were when Holtz and Hughes were playing together. They had a couple, they had Hughes ratted off two, two shots from uh, Holtz feeds and Holtz had a nice chance himself. And then we were like, okay, they had some, they had some scoring chances there. Maybe we're down going into the third period. Maybe he'll keep them together just to get some firepower going. Nope. Holtz back to the fourth line. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't understand it. Like, Like, especially you're losing in the third period. Why would you bury one of your best scoring threats Makes no it sense does, I, on the fourth line and give him no time on the ice. But you gave fucking who got more time fucking bashing in the th- that third period. Like, are you fu- like, it doesn't make any sense. Now Bashin's hurt, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I no, we, I get it. It's you, you know, what pisses me off too is like the lack of mental toughness that comes from our players too. Yeah. You know, to me, one of the most disappointing players of the season is John Marino, but also it's Dawson Mercer. It's like Dawson Mercer, you know, we that kid has never been questioned for his effort and his motor in his life. And this year, he looks like a completely different player. He's been yo-yoed up and down the lineup. I mean, you had Jack Hughes playing left wing. You had Mercer playing center. It was like the lineup is just mind-boggling. Every single night, he did the same thing last year and it and it worked. We had we were successful, but the amount of talent that you have on the team, of course, like you're gonna have some success. But this has just gotten so out of control. I I really and what the the shame of the whole thing is, we actually got pretty good goaltending the past couple of games. You know what I mean? I thought that Schmid played pretty good. Um, Dawes is, has played well, and the scoring has completely dried up. It's like we have been a team that has used our speed and to play on the rush. We don't even use our speed anymore. And it's like, we ha- when do we play off the rush? Like, we we have not played off the rush at all, and we never take it to the middle of the ice. 
we always end up peeling off towards the boards. We don't play in the hard areas of the ice. And it's like, if you're not willing to go to the paint and you're not willing to get into the middle of the ice, like you don't deserve to score. That's an effort problem. I mean, and it's like, as soon as, as soon as things don't go this team's way, they completely melt down and they break. It's just top to top to bottom. Everybody like there is not a single player on the team that we can say that we can confidently say has been like having like a great year, you know, like has really stepped up and it's just everyone all around has been disappointing everybody. And it's again, there's only one person to blame here. Like, even if you, even if, Oh, what do you hear? What do you say? Hey, pickle. (laughs) Anyway, what I was, the pickle just joined it for those listening. Uh, I just don't even – it's just you got to change something. And it just seems like all the players are just fed up with it too and because there's just no effort or commitment to playing hard or – it's just effortless, heartless, dog shit hockey. This team's done. I, I, I like, you know, they are technically still in – you know, they're still in contention for a playoff spot, but – when I when I look at the the way that they play and with the heart that they play, I don't see how I just don't see multiple games of them putting together a, a string of wins. You know what I mean? And like tonight is going to be a good is going to be a great opportunity, obviously. Um, Blackwood shutout. It's coming. And you have the Ducks. So all right. So you might get two wins. And then you have the Kings who are tough. But then you have Florida, St. Louis, Carolina, Rangers, Dallas. How are you supposed to gain how are you supposed to gain points in the standings? You are never going to be able to beat these teams playing the way that you're playing. And it's not like you just like have been playing the playing this bad the past two weeks. You've been playing this bad all season. You know what's funny? Like everyone's like we like what you just did, you're like Oh, we might get two wins against the Sharks and the Ducks. You know what? Their fans are looking at us saying we can get a win against these guys. We've like, lost to both teams. Exactly. Like, like there's like there are no gimmies with this team because they just do not put forth any sort of effort and they just do not play to the level of their talent. And that's what the most frustrating thing is, is that this team is talented, especially when you saw it against the Rangers. Like they what they had like 45 shots on goal. And like they have the talent. It's there. They're just not. They're not trying like they're not. They're just they're just sitting back relying on their God given skills, it seems like. And, oh, it'll carry the day. Well, it hasn't. And the standings show it. They've they've sucked the life out of me. I reached out to my ticket agent today and asked her if I could cancel my renewal for next year. Uh, We already renewed. We can't hear you, Dad. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't I don't want any part of this. They're not willing to. I, I renewed too, but I but I like I'm just at the point where I'm not willing to. And my my brain is not willing is not letting me invest my emotions into um the level of competency that's that I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Like I think that everyone could be better. Um, there's guys that play hard every night. There's no doubt about it. But it's just. They can't – there's no team effort. There's times where the team looks just completely lost. Like, they don't know where they're supposed to be on the ice. Um, I'm just – it's really it's really sucked the life out of me. Hey, you know, I was looking at this stat. First goals, the Devils have let up the first goal of the game 42 of 58 times. I'm making a fortune off that. Is that a lot? No. <laughs> I'm back. Sorry, guys. Go ahead, Dad. Oh, it's so fucking bad. There's there's no reason for hope. There's no reason. And I'm, you know, and I'm the guy that always believes, but they're making they're making a non-believer out of me. Just don't understand it. Can't understand why a team with this much talent could lose so so horribly. Is this a fireable offense for Tom Fitzgerald? 
I don't know if it's fireable for Tom Fitzgerald, but I definitely think it's fireable for Lindy Ruff. I mean, I think everybody agrees on that. What do you think, Patty? Fitzy isn't going anywhere. No, I don't think he's going anywhere either. He's not. But but like a seven-year deal to be the president of the team or whatever it was, president and general manager of the team. Like he's not going anywhere. But to to accept this level of – uh, intensity to me is bad for the entire organization. It definitely is. It definitely is. And he did, you know, maybe not a hundred percent, but I think he kind of did his job. And the only piece that no, he didn't do his job, I'm just That's saying he should have, he, he should have, he should have gotten rid of uh, Lindy sooner and he probably won't. And, you know, made a move for a goalie, you know, then I was, he didn't do his job. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. He left the he sat on his hands and he let the team play like shit for five months. And he didn't get a goaltender and he didn't get any defensemen. Right. Going into the season, did you and see he didn't this? Get any going into the season, did you see you know everybody a knew there giant, was a question mark in that? Right. I didn't think it was gonna be this bad. Did you, Patty? No. To not make any moves this entire season while Lindy Ruff has done what he's done is negligent. Right. Well, they're saying that they're saying that uh, I was reading today that, you know, Boston's going to give up a, a goalie and maybe we're just biding our time trying to to wait it out. You know, making I, I don't think you I don't think you make any drastic moves right now because I don't think that. Honestly, I don't think that we're going to win enough games to make the playoffs. I hope we but do. A, but here, this is we had this whole conversation prior to you okay. coming on. So well, I don't give, think give you him, make give him some grace. Come on, he didn't hear. I me. am. This is what I'm saying. I don't think you make a move for a goaltender that's 35 years old in Markstrom. But I think if you're going to make a move for a goaltender that's going to be part of your long term future, it's okay to make that move now because you're going to have to make it anyway. The problem with Markstrom is if you make it, he's only signed for two more years. He's going to be, you know, 37. You're going to have to do this same thing down the line two years from right, now. Right. So if you were going to make a move for Soros or for Allmark, that, that's okay because and, – and you have to f- figure out a way to sign these guys. That's fine because you're going to have to make that move in the offseason or next year anyway. Well, Boston has a bunch of holes and – do you make a move with a you know with our roster right now? In one week, like what are the chances that you are going to be able to trade for a goalie in one week when you had the past eight months to do it? Hmm. Probably not great. Probably not, not good. Great. But Boston's a pretty motivated team because they do have some holes up front, and that's something that we have. I mean, you know, de- okay. So who I'm are you trading to Foley? Toffoli, I mean, could Toffoli help them? They're not going to trade one of their best goalies for Tyler Toffoli, who's an unrestricted free agent. Well, I'm just saying that you have, we do have some forwards, and we also have some people on the back. Who? A real trade. A real trade? How about, uh, yeah, I don't know. Disparate, you're... I would have to. There's, I'd have to put a little yeah, more thought into like it. Not, they're not going to get Linus Allmark a week before the playoff, before the trade deadline's over. Right. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. They're not going to get rid of. It. I don't. No. I feel. I think Boston's stupid to do that. Well, that they, you know, what I was reading today is that they do need help. They need. They're going to, you know, they're going to need a little more depth, and um, it'll probably happen off season. Um, and we do have assets. So are you selling? Are you selling before next week? Am I selling? I, you know, I don't. I don't see why we shouldn't. You know. So yeah, you are. I think I would be a seller. I'm a seller. It's like the worst thing that you could do is double down on the horrible decision-making that you haven't made. There's more loss from indecision than there is from bad decision. It's like the worst thing you could do is double down and not do anything or go in and be a buyer and then not make the playoffs. What you want to do is you want to get rid of Tyler Toffoli and get a second-round pick, try to get a first-round pick, but you're going to get probably a second. You want to do that. You want to get rid of Colin Miller while he's an unrestricted free agent. You want to get rid of Brendan Smith for anything. It's like, if you don't do that, you're doubling down on how horrible you've managed the team this year. Right. What do you think about moving Palat? 
No. I think Palat's been one of our most consistent players okay. all season. Just asking a question. And he's got term on his contract. Palat's not been Palat has not been an issue. Would We're, you agree? I think I think he's I think six million bucks is a lot for him. I think we have young talent. We do have some young talent. I don't know that. So you're going to get rid of Toffoli. You're going to get rid of Palat. Who else are you going to get rid of? And then replace them with who? Well, I think you can. They have, they have Alex Holt playing with Nosek and Tierney. No, I hear you. I hear you. You don't get rid of Palat. Palat's, Palat's good. You don't get rid of him now. You get rid of Palat when you really need to make some cap space happen. But there's no reason to get rid of him now. And a team that's a team that's buying at this point is not taking in a six million dollar player right. on a long term contract. These used to be fun. I know, I know. Doesn't it <laughs> suck? We we well, were going to try and do one the other night after after I forget who uh, Washington lost, and it's just like you're you know. I'm not that fat guy up in the stands yelling Frank or whatever his well, name Frank is, but I mean, it's like, it gets me that much where I just, you know, I just, I just can't do it. I'm just so pissed off that, you know, we're leaving games early. Yeah. It's like, it, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be getting beat up all the way around. I mean, just like every aspect getting, just getting hammered, you know, losing, losing, we have opportunities and, just not capitalizing at all on them. And that's why these two games, I mean, they should be layups and stuff, but they're not layups. Where is our scoring? Where's our scoring and where's, you know, and where's that that little bit of defense that we had? You know, bring up, bring that freaking uh, Hataka or Hataka or whatever you want to, whatever his name is, bring him back up, man. Yeah, but like, you know, we, we had a good goaltending performance from Schmidt the other night. We, we... We can't score. We don't play with speed. We have not played with speed. We have not played in front of the other team's net. When do we score any kind of garbage goals? Never. Right. It's like we can't score on the power play. We're pretty soft. Like if you go if you go through our entire what's wrong with this team question mark, we don't have a goaltender. We can't really play defense. Now our scoring has dried up. We're soft. We can't, we can't score on the power play. We're like running out of things that we're bad at. What are we good at? We're running out of things to complain about. Uh, uh, we're good at giving up, conceding the first goal every game. We're yeah, great at that. That's something that we're good at. We're very good we're at good We're at not winning the second half of a back-to-back. We're very good at that. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had the answer. I wish I had the answer more. So I wish Lindy had the fucking answer, you know, hearing Cooper call him out and say, all you got to do is stop their transition game. And you know, you shut them right down. It's like, if he's that easy to figure out, there has been no transition game all season, you know? And one of the things that like I was listening to on Ray and dregs, they had a podcast and they were talking about how the devil's like last year, they caught fire in a bottle and they caught lightning in a bottle and they're soft. And he was like, you know, it might have done them, you know, it might not have done them so much good winning that one round in the playoffs because when they played Carolina, we got exposed for how light we were and how soft we were. And it's like they might have made some changes. Like, this is the big question. Is our core group the group that you need to move forward with to win a Stanley Cup? That's the real question. Yes. Okay. Dad? I think so, too. Okay, so Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Jesper, Jesper Bratt. Bratt, Dougie. Timo. Timo. Yes. Out of those players, is there a character guy that is hard enough to play against that you don't think that you need to upgrade one of those players in being... And it, it comes, it, it just, just the way it falls, it comes down to Jesper Bratt. You do not think that you need to trade a Jesper Bratt type player for a guy that plays with more physicality and more heart. And I mean, there's not many 
there, there's really not many Matthew Kachuks out there. But if you could get a guy, you know, you're starting to see about Brady Kachuk and stuff named Papa. Right, right. If you, it's like they're never going to trade Brady Kachuk for Jesper Bratt. It, it would be Jesper Bratt plus a first plus whatever. But I am questioning this team's toughness and just resiliency and even mental toughness to where you might need to get go out and make a big move and trade somebody to get some more, some heavier players. Now, why do we have to trade away all the, any of those goal scorers? Why can't we fill our third and fourth lines with right, guys like right. that? And, and Jesper Brad keeps on popping up and everybody's talking about it, but to be a hundred percent honest, he'd be the last guy. I think I'd get rid. He's having the best year. Um, so, so, so this is he's why progressively this is why, getting Patty. better. This is why Patty it's because the, it's having the main guy, like the, one of the big leaders on your team that kind of leads by example to where he sticks up for his players and he plays, he kind of changes the culture of the team. And it's really hard for a third line player and a fourth line player to change the culture of a team. And that's why it would be such a big sacrifice on our part to move somebody. You know what I mean? Like, you almost wish like Nico played a little bit heavier. He's willing to sacrifice his body and do all the hard things, but he doesn't have the nastiness in him. And it's like, would you be willing to to trade to get like a nasty player? Think of like a Dustin Brown or like one of these guys that really just was had a little more attitude and played with a little more edge and it kind of brought the edge to your entire team kind of thing. I I just I don't know I don't really agree with the that you need these bruisers in your in your top in your top six to be brutal to be honest you know like what like when we were talking about our our scoring forwards I mean I just disagree with this assumption that we have to have because Matthew Kachuk's and Brady Kachuk's do not grow on trees no they don't they don't like do and I think that's why we went out and got Timo I mean, yeah and I, mean, I thought that Timo was going to fit that bill correct me if I'm wrong do the Rangers have a forward like that in their top six. They have Chris Kreider. Yeah, he's a fuck. Chris Kreider has attitude and wasn't put up with shit. And he and like they have a Jacob Truba. Well, Jacob Truba. It's a captain. I mean, that's a defense. Captain. That's defense. I mean, but I'm just saying they're two pillars. They're the two leaders on the team. Like when you think like it's they don't rely on Mika Zibanejad to be the leader of the team. It's it, it is. It's Jacob Truba is the captain, and then Kreider is their forward. All right. I'll get, all right, fine. What about yeah, like, well, right, and, fine. What about a team like the Maple Leafs? Do they have a a bruiser? Top well, that's always forward? been a problem with them. That's that is the that's the that's the problem with the Leafs, and that's the thing that they're trying to address is we need to be tougher. And it's and here and that's like that's so good that you brought that up because it doesn't necessarily have to be one person or two people. It can be a group mindset to where if Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and Tavares and Morgan Riley said, listen, moving forward, if anybody fucks with any of us, we're all going to, we're all going after them. And if they all just did that as, and let them know that they're not going to be pushovers, that's why the Leafs have had no success. It's because they are, they're too okay. soft. Yeah. All right. well, what about a team like the Hurricanes? I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just spitting. Yeah. Out. Yeah. I'm, no, I mean, I think I look at the Hurricanes and I think the Hurricanes play really tough, to be honest with you. I think it's actually like, top to bottom like i don't think it's one person in particular uh i think the hurricanes do play tough i've never i've never questioned the intensity I mean, and the toughness of the hurricanes i mean ever. i'm just saying like you're like putting and it i out. think that comes from rod brendamore to be honest well, yeah hmm. right hmm. Uh, but like do you, I, I don't think i'll ever see jesper bratt and jack hughes and i mean dougie hamilton and it's like I I've never seen Nico like be a tough guy or like, no, you know what I mean? I've never I'm, seen Nico be a tough or, guy. Or like, you saw Jack and, actually play physical in the Carolina series. And, you know, I'm not talking about fighting when he, you know, did that little thing with Aho. I'm not talking about fighting I'm at all. I'm talking about taking the body, the sacrificing the body, getting, getting to that point. He, he hasn't, he, he doesn't play hockey like that regularly. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel that – I feel like the depth of this team is where we need toughness, not getting rid of goal scorers who are having tough years. Uh, I've, I feel like replacing guys like 
Paula and Mercer and everybody on the fourth line and and then and then building that those guys with bruisers not I mean, not necessarily bruiser but a heavier team on the on your in your bottom six I don't know I just disagree with this idea completely that we have to get rid of one of these goal scorers because it's not working out this year I'm and, not I'm not necessarily suggesting saying that we have to I was just asking the question yeah. like I think that that and I think it's a very fair question to ask yeah. like is the team tough enough to make it through four rounds of the playoffs like think about look at how good and how tough Vegas is you know what I mean like look at you know like Carolina like or um Colorado it's like when they won it's like Landeskog is a tough dude like and he's the captain of the team like he very much reminds me of like he's like how he sure is not the most talented guy on the team but he's the heart and soul of the team kind of thing and it's like Landeskog would not put up with shit and it's like we just are so soft that you really like like Dawson Mercer to me is a guy that doesn't have you don't have the luxury of playing soft like you have to either be a hundred percent all in like a Brian Rust type player to where you're going to lay it all out there and you're going to get in the scrums and you're going to face wash people and you're not going to let people take liberties with you. But it's like, you don't have the luxury of being soft. You know what I mean? Like, or, 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 you know, Jonas Siegenthaler, we saw the way that he played after he got benched in the Ranger series last year and he played more physical. You are not good enough of a defenseman to not play physical. Like, Straight up, like you can't play soft. But but that is that's more of a that's more of a culture problem than exactly than we exactly. have. I mean, we have Kevin Ball, we have Tebow Meyer, we have freaking we have guys that can be that you know that can show up and and play a tough game they and be really hard. To. Yeah, and and but they, and they don't but they don't to. come out and play. And that comes from. Like we're saying, the coach. Yeah, absolutely. And it, does, and it does come from the leaders on the team. Like I do think that Jack and Nico both should take some responsibility for the level of intensity and the sacrifice that their teammates are willing to make. They're the t- they are the captain and the assistant captain. Agreed. Agreed. Right? No, Agreed. I definitely I I agree a hundred percent. I and it's not just words. It's not just saying we need an attitude adjustment and stuff. It's it's like. You know, show like, me. He's show not a twenty-three year old kid anymore. He's like going to be twenty-six or whatever. It's like you could you could body slam someone to the ground at some point. You don't have to like square up with uh, you know like Bob Probert. Like you're trying to be a tough guy and be somebody that you're not. But you could show the heart and the fight and the resiliency. The way that this team has played with none of that all season, you could have thrown down one time. It's it's the only thing keeping Smith in the lineup. I'm just saying. Keep, I'm saying Smith is if there's nobody that will settle a score besides I'm Smith and Bastion. No, I agree a hundred percent. But you're. I don't believe you're ever going to see that from him. That's not well. That's a problem. To me, that's a problem. <sighs> Because that shows that you're not willing to do whatever it takes to win. Steven Stamkos had gotten into a fight. No, I know. And he's dropped gloves before. One time. Who did he drop the gloves with? He's been in the league for six years. He's fought one time. It's like you have to do whatever it's willing to do. And when the team is lifeless like this, this is the most underwhelming season in the history of the Devils. Agreed? By far. Where we had the. By far, we've had By the far. most expectations and they've let us down the most. It's like we've gone into seasons where we knew they were going to be shit. When you when you are so when you are constantly letting it down and looking lifeless and sucking the life out of the organization and the team. As a captain, that's when you step up and you step out of your comfort zone a little bit. And I think. And what's funny is Nico Heischer is the least of our problems. No, I know. And that's, I know. that's the scary part to me is like Nico Heischer, he continues to play hard every night, but it, it needs to be, it needs, they need it from more than just him. And he's out on rough and he's been out on rough. He's been and out on like, rough and nobody's been listening. They listened to Jack a couple of years ago, you know? And, and Hughes has to score. If the team wants to be good, he has to score. And a lot of his scoring would probably, not a lot of it, but 
a good portion of his scoring would come on the power play. It's like the way, how for how much he handles the puck on the power play, it's like you have to start netting some of those goals. Otherwise, you can't win. You can't win if you can't score in the power play and if your number one scorer has three five-on-five five goals in 18 games. No matter how many saves you get. What, Dad? Nothing. I'm, I'm just thought. I'm, I'm, I agree 100% with everything that you're saying. I, I honestly do. I agree 100%. But, you're, you're but you, look you, at, you, you look at, you look at, you look at, no, I don't want to argue with you. You look at what they, I've been saying, I've been saying it for, I've been saying it for a long time that they just, they need a new voice. You look at, you know, you look at somebody that's job it's secure. Everybody, it is too late, but it's, it's never too late. It's never too late to show that you're willing to do whatever it takes to win a couple games. So here, here's another thing. You think it they're worried about his cash? His, his, it is too late. They're not going to fire him before the end of the season. They, if they were, they would have fired him after the Ranger game. That was, that was disgraceful. This is the thing. Don't fall for bad teams records in March and in April. Once you're out of it and you put up and you go five games over 500 in the last two months of the season, Patty, how many times have we seen an awful, awful Devils team play good down the stretch when they're playing for new contracts or they're playing or there's, a, you know, time and time again, do not let that fool you. And what's going to happen is they're going to let this guy hang around. He's going, they're going to play good when they don't have a chance to make the playoffs in the, in the middle of March through April. And it's going to buy him another season. And he's going, they're going to go into this off season and they're going to continue to keep him behind the bench. I, That's I, what's going to happen. I disagree. I don't I believe that for a right, minute. Here. I don't believe I, the biggest letdown ever. And Fitzy knows. And they're going to blame it on not. the goaltending and they're going to blame it on the injuries. And they're going to look good in the middle of March through the end of April. And they're going to say, give it another chance with a goaltender. And he's going to start next season behind the bench. Yeah, I don't agree. Don't, be, don't uh, mentally prepare yourself for that. Don't you put that, that could evil happen. on me. <laughs> that, that, I'm serious. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I, I really don't think that'll happen. I think that, I think that he was Fitz was keeping him around for for whatever other reason. Maybe yeah, he if was you were to say it. at the beginning of the season that they were going to look as awful as they were, and the Washington Capitals would be higher than us in the standings, and the Philadelphia Flyers would be ahead of us in the standings, and you were to say there's a week before the trade deadline, and Lindy Ruff was still the coach. Would you you would say no way he would never let that happen? That's what you would say. Or if we had literally the worst goaltending in the entire league for the entire season, you would say there's no way that he doesn't make a trade before the trade deadline. Right. Right? No, no, I, I agree. I agree. I think that, you know, trading for trading for Markstrom now, it's like, it's like you, you, I don't think that you can. It's like you're, that's like a win now mentality. And it's like it doesn't matter who we put in that, you know, right now. I really don't. I really don't. Well, I think like one of the, one of the things that made March, Markstrom so attractive was the fact that he was having a really good season, and to get him while he was hot and have him come over here and continue to play well and maybe win you a couple games could sneak you into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like I think that was what that was the main attraction with Markstrom. I don't think they don't look at Markstrom and think, all right, well, hopefully this guy could win us, you know, two or three Stanley Cups in the next decade. He's going to be forty five years old. You want to get somebody who's in their mid, you know, who's in the same time frame as the team. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. And that's why a Soros is a good option. It's because he's 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 right in the team's wheelhouse. He is undersized, but he has a good track record to where you're kind of making an educated decision. But you are going to have to pay a lot for him. Like it was it was bad enough that we started the season with Luke Hughes and Ball and Smith. Um. And it's like, and now we have Nemitz and it's like, he's looked good, but it's like, we don't have anybody on our back end and you didn't make any move for a defenseman. That's pretty negligent. Like we have nobody. And even so you're playing Brendan Smith over Colin Miller. 
What would make you like, what is the thought process? <laughs> that, that I don't get that. I don't get, I don't get why we're not playing that, that, uh, what do you call it? Hataka or Hataka or whatever you want to call or it. Or like, why, why, why would you play one of your best five on five goal scorers on the fourth line with Nosek and Tyranny and then play Curtis Lazar on your number one overall pick franchise center's wing? That makes no sense at all. You need to get Jack Hughes going. Why would you play him with a guy who has zero puck skills? The guy plays hard as balls. I love Curtis Lazar. He blocks shots. He does He's all the little things. He's a great fourth line player. Great fourth line player. He's playing on the second line? I don't know how you get Nosek in the – how you even have him in the lineup. I would, I would play anybody else besides him. Play – I mean, play Nolan Foot. No, absolutely. I thought I thought Hollandin played pretty good. Played he had a shot on goal. I mean, like he was out there playing at least. I mean, Nosek is like he's lost. He's worse than Tyranny. Yeah, he is. He, I think so too. I think so. Two too. of those, those, both of those guys might not even play in the NHL next season. And you have your seventh overall pick playing on the wing with them on the fourth line. We're back to Brent Seamy days. I don't know where we go from there. Um, one thing I, I do know where we're going is we have uh, a little trap podcast viewing party up at Lions Roar Brewing in uh, Westfield, New Jersey on Thursday, March 14th, 7.30 p.m., uh, Maddie Bowen's uh, brewery up there and me and Patty are going to go up there and watch the stars and devils game. And we have a, a beer that they're, that we named. We did. We got, what's the name, Patty? One Oh them. <laughs> <laughs> One nothing them. That, that's going to be the, the name of the, the name of the beer for the day. The trap podcast is going to be there. Come on out. They're going to have it on uh, the big screen. That is up uh, in Westfield at Lions Roar Brewing Company. It's a three-minute walk from the Westfield train station. Um, hit me up if you want any details, but it should be fun. Hopefully, the Devils are still playing for something uh, down the stretch there, and that'll be a tough one versus Dallas. I mean, Dallas is not a no easy no easy customer, but hey. if, they're, if they're not playing for anything, let's crush some beers anyway. Yeah, let's have yeah. some beers and, uh, and and catch up and, and shoot the shit. So. Um, We'll post a flyer about that. And thanks to, to Maddie for being so patient. And uh, it's just been, it's been so hard. I've been, you know, with how busy all of our schedules are, Patty, you're flying around the country doing the CBS sports thing and dad's playing golf every day. But um, I've been, I've been obviously pretty busy and it's like, it, they've really like kind of made the season not so fun. You know what I mean? It makes it very hard. I don't want to come on here and just fucking scream about, how horrible the teams managed. I was thinking about changing it to the botch bitching hour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun, but um, you know, some of these games you're like freaking suicidal after it's like, you can't believe you're watching what you're watching. Um, it makes me, it makes me like not care. And that's like the worst part. Like I like giving a shit, you know, like even when they were bad, I still gave a shit. And then like, just to see the effort and see the lack of, they look like they're so not in sync. You know what I mean? And it's like the mistakes and then the way that they give up in the third period, it's like, all right, like I got, I have other stuff going on in my life too. I could, I could be investing my time and my energy into, but we wouldn't be here bitching if we didn't care. So, you know, obviously do care. Okay. Well, uh, Jesus, and you got my roommate just tried to sneak in, knock the shit down of stuff. Yeah, over. yeah. <laughs> a couple beer bottles on the floor. <laughs> what are those, what are those we... <laughs> um, I got to bring uh, William to basketball practice. All right, man. You All guys right. got any uh, final thoughts? I got nothing. Who's nothing. staying up tonight? I'm not. Not me. Not me. I got a, I got no a 10 o'clock tea time. I got a, I got a flight at 10 a.m. I'm not staying up for this. Yeah. No, thank you. All right. Um,
Well, yeah, I, uh, I hope everybody's been well. You've been listening to the Trap Podcast uh, for Patty Shambro, The Pickle. I am Bill Botch, and we will talk soon. Go Devils. Ready?